0: This is the Podcast Express, and we're talking to whoever's listening out there. Welcome to 5 Minutes of Trouble, the only podcast on the Internet that discusses the John Carpenter film, Big Trouble in Little China, five minutes at a time. I'm Josh Horowitz from the Wing Kong Exchange. And I'm your noble co-host in the passenger seat, Brett Stillo. And this week, we have a special guest on board the Podcast Express. This is none other than Rob Hainso. Game designer of numerous Dungeons & Dragons games as well as the legendary Big Trouble in Little China board game. Welcome, Rob. Hey, good to be with you guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for coming on board. Uh, I discovered the uh, legendary Big Trouble in Little China game uh, about, I don't know, about six months ago and was just really, really impressed with the amount of detail that was in there, the the awesome artwork, the all the nuances and stuff. And uh, it sort of came to light even a couple of uh, episodes ago because uh, it it features Leah Chang, one of the female Wing Kong guards, as a card, Uh, and that that was just awesome. In fact, we we had Leah on on the show, and, and she was just floored by the fact that she had her own card, that's great. Is she the woman with the um the staff? Actually, is yes. she the staff guard? Yeah, oh, yeah, she's the one with the smoking Magic staff. staff. Uh huh. She's
1: yeah. the she is the badass in the game. I yeah. had uh, <laughs> I had a friend, my one of my my best friend from college the other day, texted me, you know, because I I'd given him a copy of the game and he was playing with family and he's like, okay, we love the game, but seriously, smoke staff guard. You know, and then he and then he cursed <laughs> a <laughs> long line of cursing. Yeah, because I mean, you know, there, that's an example of how fun it was to go ahead and just look at a crazy movie and figure out a game mechanic that made that you know that card hard to play in that case you have to sort of double up because she's going to hit the first card that goes after her in a way with a with a with a piece of smoke that stuns you but doesn't take you out so you kind of have to hit her with two of the same named character
0: so that was a fun one yeah yeah well good i'm glad you got to did you get to give her a card too did she well uh i i took a scan of it and i i sent it to her so she had a chance to see it and she she just thought that was awesome Excellent. Uh, but, that's really uh, funny. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, legendary. Big Trouble in Little China game. Uh, so just just had a few questions uh, for you, Rob, before we start with the minutes here. Uh, so so first off, have you have you always been a Big Trouble fan, or or was this something that you kind of read up on so you could do the game?
1: Oh, that's funny. Okay, so I think when Big Trouble in Little China came out. It, it must have been out long enough that it was on video. You know, they had video stores back then. But there was somebody in the extended circle of visitors from Australia and strange wanderers who, who knew somebody who had a VCR. And we were house-sitting for them or something. And uh, so for the first movie ever that I had rented from a video store, I rented it um, to watch with my girlfriend Julia and all her friends and it was a terrible disaster because none of them had ever seen a Hong Kong movie. I mean, we're talking 1987 or so. I mean, right around it. it 87 or 88. I don't know which. And uh, so in other words, the fact that it was a, a satire of something that no one had ever seen made it kind of fall flat <laughs> and the sound didn't work very well. So no one could actually hear the jokes very easily. And it was a, it was one of those disasters where your partner turns to you and says, you're never renting another movie again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and the truth was, I hadn't really seen it. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was I mean, the, the whole like bumbling hero thing with Jack Burton kind of irritated me a little bit but i hadn't actually heard the jokes you know mm-hmm. w- or dialogue well enough to know how funny it was mm. and uh so then years later i saw it again and it was one of those funny times where you know you have a, a bad experience of something and then all of a sudden you're like no no wait that was actually good <laughs> and so uh yeah and from and, and from then on i i loved it and i i got involved when i was early in my gaming career which i guess started around 94, 95 when I was Mm -hmm. really doing professional work. I got to um, work on a card game called Shadow Fist by Robin Laws and Jose Garcia. Mm. And then Robin's role-playing game, Feng Shui. And those were Hong Kong action movie games. Feng Shui is actually still around still. And so I (laughs) I really had a lot of fun learning all about Hong Kong movies and getting to design games based on them. Mm. Uh, So that's where big, you know, more of my my fondness for Big Trouble really took off when I really got to see a lot more of what the original source material
0: had been. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so who ended up approaching you to make the uh, the game? So
1: the actual impetus for the game... you know, it, this is a game that's based on a legendary system, which is a, a deck building system. So you've got you make your your deck is full of some really bad heroes and you you use them to buy better versions of those heroes. You know, better versions of Jack Burton or the Pork Shop Express or even Margot uh, or Miao Yin or mm-hmm. Gracie. And then use those to just basically fight villains. And you're all kind of on the same team. But that system was designed by a friend of mine named Devin Lowe. Um for for Marvel superheroes, and I and I used a version that's quite a bit like it, but the guy at uh, Upper Deck is the company that put the game out, named Jason Brenner, and th- I think the fact that the Big Trouble game exists is really down to Jason being a huge fan of the movie. Hmm. I think he pushed it through at a at a you know there's one of those elements of like if I'm going to be I, look I'm going to put words into his mouth because I really haven't talked to him about this but hmm. I'm going to say. If I'm going to go to all the effort of, like, running a big gaming company, I really need to be able to make a, uh, a game based on my favorite movie. <laughs> I think that's what Jason did. <laughs> so that that's that's definitely how uh, the game came to be. He really wanted to do it, and so then I got hired when uh, Devin was too busy.
0: Uh-huh. And, hmm. Uh huh. And, I mean, I wonder if this was, uh, you know, sort of brought now because of it being the 30th anniversary of Big Trouble in Little China.
1: I suspect so. I yeah. suspect that that was part of it, and I also suspect that right when the idea to do the game came out was the start of the rumors or truth that, uh, that Dwayne Johnson would play Jack Burton. Yes, that's right. So I think it all sort of piled on together. Hmm. But, if I, but I, but I suspect in a certain way that those two facts maybe helped Jason sell it. Hmm.
0: <laughs> he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> I also have a question. Uh, was uh, John Carpenter involved in, in the board game at all? No, 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 not okay. at all. So, I mean, all, all the research was just from, uh, you know, from watching the film. Did you have a chance to look at the, the screenplay or any of the behind the scenes stuff? Perhaps if I had talked with you ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, from the detail on these cards, I, no, I mean, it, it seems like so much research was done into this. I mean, you've got all the major and minor characters, uh, you know, I mean, the, just the level of the artwork that's involved, uh, the mechanics. You know, it comes straight out of the movie. I mean, it it truly does feel like it belongs in that universe. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that. I mean, I I tried to make it really playful.
1: I wanted the design goals for the, how the game should feel were playful and mm-hmm. lots of interaction between characters, so that you are messing with your well sharing with your friend's hand for a moment or doing something that gives everybody a choice and a, a monster comes out and everyone has to look at the top card of their deck. So basically really having everybody involved all the time was kind of the goal. But then mm-hmm. with that in mind, um, really trying to make it feel as much like the movie and sort of creating relationships between the characters. So, so really, no, I mean, I, I just watched the, the movie again. I watched the movie twice Mm -hmm. and um, wrote a bunch of notes. Yeah. And uh, the Internet now makes it crazy good. I mean, here you guys are able to go ahead and slice out five minutes easily, you know, of a film. And, uh, and we can and watch it one little piece at a time. And the Internet is full of quotes. You know, you can go ahead and say, I would like the best quotes from Lo Fan, Big Trouble in Little China. And there they are. Yep. <laughs> so, and then, you know, go and verify they actually exist. So one of the strange things about the game that I'll just mention compared to the way other games work is many games like this use a lot of flavor text um, where they sort of make all the jokes in the flavor text. And, and I acknowledge that something odd about the game is I didn't do much flavor text. And that was partly because I'd used the jokes in a way in the names of the cards and in the mechanical ways they were interacting so that, adding
0: more flavor text didn't exactly feel worth necessary it was sort of and so yeah yeah brett you haven't had a chance to really see the the game yet i i have to drive up to san francisco and uh, and bring the game we'll have to play it sometime
2: well i'll meet you halfway in visalia
0: visalia exactly yeah i'll yeah. <laughs> we'll just spend
2: a weekend playing the game i'm down with that
0: But I mean, there's some cards there, like, you know, we we keep talking about the joke about the manager of the month, you know, how uh, Rain, you know, he wears that Western garb. Uh, But uh... (laughs) yeah, that was fun. I
1: got to, I, I, the brief was, is that if there were Things I could add a little, a little bit, you know, just to make sense of things or to have fun, I could. So, yes, yeah. rain
0: is – what is he? Is he – Well, you um, got VP of operations. That's one of yeah. the ones. And oh, then nice. the Thunder is public relations, which is great. Well, you
1: know, he's wanting us to give you a tour smoking a cigar. Exactly. Definitely public relations. Yeah.
0: Definitely public relations. You're right. Yeah. What I really like though is uh, how what you were talking about Rob about how you know the the heroes that are in the in the cards they all start out basically as what you call mediocre heroes and then they start to transform into real heroes which is sort of like how it works in the film. Yeah, definitely.
1: I hadn't quite put that together like the very first time I did that first draft I was just using the the base cards in the game, if you uh, if you don't when you when you don't have the mediocre heroes, are are people called Chang Sing Warriors and Chang Sing Strategists. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them gives you a little fighting power, one of them gives you a little buying power. But really, when I stopped and thought about it, I was like, wow, every game you're playing with these dudes, and they were in a scene, and they kind of matter, but they're not really the point of the movie. And that, at that point I realized, Oh, I need really mediocre versions of the main characters mm. and it'll be funny to go ahead and have them. Yeah. Uh, you well. know, so you've got, uh, egg Chan as a, the tour bus driver. Right. Um, And uh, Jack Burton has several versions, like one of them is a reluctant hero, where he's a little bit better if if a villain has a bystander captured. And another (laughs) one is just the jerk. He can fight a little (laughs) bit. You know, at first, the jerk, to be honest, was the one character who did nothing good. He was just, he was crap. It's like, oh, my God, I got the jerk. And really, that was a meta comment, like where it's sort of like, yeah, you got the jerk because the game designer's a jerk and he's you know, so that's that was that was not good enough. And so uh I we changed that to be that if you haven't fought any villains yet, he's a tiny bit more powerful. And mm.
0: so you're happy to have him once. You know, he'll help you once and after that not so much. Yeah, but there there are certain cards that you have in the deck where uh, you know, you have the bug monster, for instance, and just like it is in the film, it eats your Changsing <laughs> allies and then it disappears. It's it's just it's just perfect.
1: Yes, that, that's right. Yeah. It does. And then the more Changsing allies it eats, <laughs> the more likely it is towards the end of the game that when it comes out because it did disappear if it ate one of the little zero-cost guys. Right. It's going to eat something you really care about. <laughs> and uh, honestly, that's – I. That's my favorite card in the set, mm. I, I know. It's, it makes me a terrible person, but mm-hmm. the, the kind of things that happen when that card comes out, like the look on people's faces, you know, you've got <laughs> to be kidding. <laughs> so
0: And you threw in some yeah. some really wacky scenarios, too. I mean, there's stuff like Kill Uncle Chu or Flood Chinatown with Mediocrity. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it's really cool stuff. I mean, I for our listeners who haven't had a chance to pick up the uh, the uh, legendary Big Trouble Little China game, I... I I very much recommend it. I mean, it, it is an advanced game. It, it sort of has a game mechanic that's similar to games like Dominion. But if you're a fan and, uh, you know, you just want to try something new and check out the amazing artwork, you know, yeah, check it out. Legendary Big Trouble Little China.
1: Can I tell one quick story about Kill Uncle Two? Okay, go for oh, it. Sure. Uh, so the funny part about that is uh, the same girlfriend who really, really hated the film uh, – was an acupuncture student and a really, really, really good acupuncturist. Good enough that when they had, like, visiting dignitaries, essentially, of the acupuncture world come to visit the school, she was the person who toured them around. And um, one of the visiting dignitaries was the actor who played Uncle Two. Oh, Nice. Because in real life, that guy, uh, was an acupuncturist in herbal medicine, ah. you know, a doctor of herbal medicine. Hmm. Now to make the story perfect, he was a total lech. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lechery lechery incarnate. And, uh, clearly everywhere he went to schools, he hoped to be hooked up with the hot young acupuncturist who would be thrilled by his LA credits and, uh, and, uh, My girlfriend was really flirty, uh, but not actually interested in the, you know, the, 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 uh, the aged superstar. Uh, But it was so funny because what I was like, as soon as I got to like do the game, like I was like, okay, I'm going to have a scenario called Kill Uncle Chew.
2: (laughs) No doubt about it. man. Kindly, wise Uncle Chew, <laughs> your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's good. In, yeah, good in times. that era, I can picture him saying, "You know, late, mid to late ages." No. you know, you seen me on Falcon Crest, right? you big big
1: <laughs> I think so. No, look, I wasn't there. I was not in the room. I heard the reports afterwards, but yes, Falcon Crest was definitely mentioned.
0: <laughs> yep. Perfect. So yeah, um so that's it's awesome stuff, Rob. All the stuff that. Uh, you know that, that you've done for the legendary Big Trouble in Little China game. Uh, we're at the point now in in this episode where we're going to start to talk about uh, the minutes in Big Trouble in Little China, specifically minutes 90 through 95. And uh, minutes 90 starts with Jack looking up as he tries to escape from lightning, and they end with Wang approaching Jack as he leaves the Dragon of the Black Pool. And I'm, I'm getting a little sad here, Brett. We're getting near the end of this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, Uh, For these five minutes, we're going out with a bang. That's That's true. There's a hell of a lot that happens in these five minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, because actually this week, I actually watched the minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And it really helps because I now have like three and a half pages of notes. Whoa! (laughs) I really, there's something about these five minutes that I noticed all kinds of things I'd never noticed before. Like, you know, right off the bat, when we first see Kurt Russell in that chamber we have smoke and fire in the background and it you if you look carefully it looks like kurt's wearing a lot of eyeliner oh really his eyes really prominent when if you if you can pause or freeze frame mm. with his hair and all that smoke in the background he looks like he's doing an 80s music video
1: <laughs>
2: yeah you yeah, know okay kidding.
1: <laughs> they could lip sync him singing Total Eclipse of the Heart or something. Yeah, in. Total
2: Eclipse of the Heart or what's that? Um, <laughs> Here I go again, I'm on my That's, you know, that's Jack's theme song. What's that? White Lion or, um, I'm forgetting the title, but, you know, Here I go again, I'm on my own. Right. <laughs> yeah, that song. You know, that's the only song on the only tape cassette in Jack's truck. He just plays that
0: hour after hour. He probably does have a tape cassette player in that truck.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Haven't even discussed the the, uh, the dashboard of the pork chop <laughs> press. But uh, this first minute, as Jack's trying to make his escape from lightning, it's very interesting. It's like a video game. Yeah. You've got the music to me sounds very. Oh, there. yeah. That music there. is really. Yes. really yeah. It's
1: yeah,
2: uh, intense. Jack's. Yeah. It just seems like Jack is faced with these tasks that are very video game. You must jump upwards mm-hmm. and you must catch the ledge. You must dodge lightning, Uh, you know, use the crossbow, (laughs) that music, which is very frantic and, of course, synthesized. So I I could picture Jack being two dimensional and digital.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of like the last of the boss battles in a sense, Jack versus lightning. And under normal circumstances, he would have no chance at all. I mean, it's it's sort of a good thing that Lightning is is a bit slow and charging up his shots, and he's not very accurate. Ah,
1: that, I, I, I laugh. I mean, I, I laugh so much. Just if you look at Lofan, the big sorceress Lofan, he looks tough, but his ability is that he takes one of his warriors of Lofan, like the, you know, battle armor lightning, and Puts them back in the deck and then makes them come out again like Mm. uh, because they do something nasty when they come out. Mm -hmm. The funny part about that, though, is it's actually not that tough. It's easier to beat this villain because Mm. he doesn't add more villains. And that's how I feel about these lightning and thunder guys. It's like they don't ever kill anybody. (laughs) You know, it's like I've got lightning. It's like and I shoot like a stormtrooper. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the problem with the whole Wing Kong organization in general. I uh, I had a note about that that they obviously went to the same training school that Stormtroopers go to.
0: <laughs> yeah, impressive yep. shots, but they never never quite so uh, so accurate as they should be. They,
1: they can definitely blow holes in, in roofs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. You were talking about how this being sort of like a video game and and it does sort of have that feel. I mean, Jack's goal in this in this case is just to try to get out. But that hole yeah. in the ceiling, you know, a normal human would not be able to get there. But, yeah. uh, but Jack, he took the six demon bag, he took the magic potion, right. and so he does have the power to do that superhuman leap to the ceiling. Uh, yeah. But then again, you know what, he's still Jack. And so, yeah. of course, his legs have to dangle crazily. He doesn't make it nicely all the way up there.
2: Oh yeah. It's never smooth. It's never easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, if this was a video game, that would be a a move that you would spend an hour doing. Oh no, it's (laughs) click left twice and then jump.
1: (laughs) I did like the line from Egg Shen, you know, how did you get up there? And this wasn't easy. Right. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When they, when they get up to that room up there, uh, you know, the second floor, uh, you know, the, the floor that he actually gets back up to, if you recognize it, that's the room where Gracie got chained up by the wild man. It's that same one. Uh, if you remember okay. how the wild man jumped from that, that tall uh, hole in the ceiling, well, that's where Egg is right now. It's called the Mansion okay. of the Disloyal. And uh, Jack makes uh, this comment that the, the whole place is melting. Now, if we recall from... From the last minutes that we did, uh, you know, when we see the, the sort of like the lava coming from the ceiling, uh, this was intended in the screenplay to be a, a whole sequence where there was lava and things were melting and, and smoke and fire to sort of make it more impressive than it actually sort of turned out to be. It oh. probably a budgetary thing. But if you look at even yeah. the, uh, the storyboards, and I'll try to see if I can... I can put that up on the uh, on the truck stop on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a, a melting sort of like apocalyptical type of scene that they were escaping yeah. from. And that that takes
2: us back to the prologue where what exactly is the district attorney's line? He says something. You know, can you explain how three city clocks oh, okay. explode or you know? But yeah. he, he is alluding to. Something we never see in the movie, and that's uh, there's a big hole
0: in the ground in Chinatown. You know that that's that's interesting. I I think you're right, Brett. Originally, I was thinking that the the whole talk about the you know the half a city block and in the, the ball of green flame, I thought he was referring to the um, the white tigers. But no, it, it does make more sense that it would be probably the Wing Kong. I mean, you remember how well when we get to the end of all this, there's going to be fire trucks and yeah. you know, police cars. So yeah, maybe that's that's what the the lawyer was talking about.
2: It's also an interesting line because they'd film the movie, and uh, as you know, the, the prologue was added afterwards by the studio. Right. So why even have that line other than it, it gets the audience's attention? Hey, there's going to be a big explosion at the end. Hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> now, there's something I want to bring up, and this brings a question to Rob. In your game, is there a crossbow card? There are a whole bunch of cards that are not in the game. There is no... Ah
1: crossbow and even more there's no uh oh god am i gonna get the number right six demon bag Mm -hmm. i i get slammed for that all the time by friends and strangers on the internet probably for all i know uh but yeah no six demon bag no Mm -hmm. crossbow um my wife lisa was the main play tester and she added a card called sleeveless jack yes so so we do have uh Jack's sex appeal. <laughs> so we have Jack's sex appeal. Uh, no crossbow.
2: His bare shoulders have magic powers. Kind of did, yeah. Exactly. Charm spell. This is like the
1: last chance, I think, in the movie we get to see the wonderful costumes that the two brides have.
2: Yes,
0: uh,
1: the Night brides. And uh, I missed the the minutes when it was the the test, of the burning blade. But I bet that if they do make a remake when those brides are doing the test of the burning blade, they will finish knowing awesome Kung Fu. Yeah. I don't know if that would be my hope. And so uh, I like when I did that in the game and uh, so, so yeah, I'm hoping for the, like, if there's a remake, then the, in these last scenes, you know, it won't just be, it won't be Jack necessarily doing the big jumps. I hope it's the brides. Hmm that would be
0: fun yeah so very it's very matrix style so once they they yeah, go through that ceremony fun. now suddenly they, they know kung fu <laughs> exactly yeah i like that
2: <laughs> i like that too that works for me but yeah i never really noticed or paid great attention to eggs crossbow yeah which is a real cool it's like a james bond gadget um you know they're able to escape up the line and i mean that's that's great kid stuff.
0: Yeah. When, when I saw this movie as a kid, I thought that that thing was really cool. But I was just wondering now, I mean, is is that a real thing? You know, having a crossbow that has some sort of a winching mechanism that can pull you up. I mean, if that's the case, how, how would it work? I mean, from what we see, there's this arrow that hits the floor. It pulls apart, reveals this kind of three pulley system, this very thin rope, and then Egg pulls a trigger. And that causes the rope to pull the arrows up. So how would that work do you guys think (laughs) you
2: know i could kind of see if it was anchored enough it Mm. does in a sense create like a little tiny if you picture it being sort of like an elevator and the the line pulls you up but you know yeah there's certain probably uh (laughs) factors in uh physics where it wouldn't work but this (laughs) is where maybe if we could call up james (laughs) lou who may have You know, we had James Liu, the stunt coordinator and co-producer on a few episodes back. And he, as I recall, Josh, he designed a lot of the weapons you see. Yes. You know, he said, you know, some of these crazy exotic weapons Hmm. actually function. They actually work. I wouldn't be surprised if that crossbow is maybe in James's collection. And, you know,
0: (laughs) yeah, I use that all the time at my house. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the things where I, I think uh, you know it'd be probably cool to call MythBusters and see if they could do an episode where you know the uh, the technology of Big Trouble in Little China and what they would need to do, <laughs> you know how how big a heavy motor they would need to attach to the crossbow to actually pull yeah, the heroes. Yeah, I up. think
1: actually that's what you're talking about. It's like uh, that would the, the egg chen. Uh, doll in that scene was replaced by a very, very, very metal <laughs> metal metal piece at a wedge, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if we do ever do an expansion, um I've just wrote crossbow.
2: Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. What expansion packs. That's right. 2017 expansion pack. <laughs>
0: Now, in the screenplay, it's a little bit different how this is done. There are a lot of, of different scenes in the first draft of the W.D. Richter screenplay. Uh, in that one, the heroes have to climb the sword ladder that Gracie and Miao Yin had to climb during that Burning Blade ceremony. Uh, oh, so there's, there's oh, like cool. a sort of interesting thing where they're trying to be very careful not to cut their hands as they, as they go up. Uh, but a little bit different. Yeah,
1: I can understand why they changed. <laughs> Especially... Yeah. Was lightning still chasing them when they did that?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Still chasing. I mean, uh, this is from actually uh, from a previous episode when we were talking about the whole burning blade ceremony, it was, it was different in the screenplay. It wasn't them holding on the blades and floating up. They had to climb this really tall sword ladder uh, while they were in their trance. And so because they cut that, they must've cut it here as well. But I I do like the the crossbow. So I'm, I'm happy with that change.
2: And again, to me, it's a, a bit of a video game illusion. You know, at this point in the game, you need the crossbow, right? <laughs> you know, you don't have the crossbow at this point. You got to go back to you know this particular chamber where the crossbow was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if and if by terrible, terrible accident you decide to like use the um, the thunder gem, the boom gem, and throw it down instead of the crossbow.
0: Oh, oh. Terrible, <laughs> terrible! Oh, it ends oh, right there. Yeah. No, I know it's over. Restart.
1: <laughs> yeah. No.
0: I like the part in here where we get to see more of the lightning effects as lightning ascends through the floor. Uh, you know, oh yeah! Awesome animation and and really cool music too. I mean, this is this is the height of the of the score, I think, from uh, from John Carpenter. Just the sort of uh, the exciting, repeating synth music. Uh, you know, as, as they're trying to get away. Uh, cool
2: stuff. Yeah, really, yeah. I was just going to add to what you said. You know, they save the best for last. Uh, with the lightning effect, that close-up where you see the lightning squirming and zooming around his
0: eyeballs—that
2: mm-hmm. was particularly cool. Again, I think back to—we've uh, compared it to the scene of the Emperor hmm. with his blue lightning and shooting Luke, and that was three years earlier in *Empire*, uh, not *Empire Strikes Back*. *Return Star of the Jedi*. Wars. And it's—they're going to call me *Return of the Jedi*. <laughs> but um, you know, they had three years to really perfect that uh effect and we see it here it's even more impressive
0: and then we get uh we get lightning's sneer as he charges up to fry wang chi to a crisp we get to see that again uh and and then all those all that talk about the buddhas that we've had in all these previous episodes all those buddhas broken in the film lead up to one final drop and uh we get that uh-oh moment from lightning yeah uh, splaying across his face and eyes and yeah. then we get our big crush crushing flames uh, but but here's the part where some people have uh, have noticed they have a little Easter egg in this film, and it comes from the animated lightning that we see on the wall. Uh, you actually see two Chinese symbols that remain in the lightning as it dissipates when when lightning hmm. goes down. And Ow. I am told that the one that you see on the wall, the last one that appears, is the Chinese symbol for carpenter.
2: Ha! Signed <laughs> his <Scientists Nice>. work. <laughs> Well, I'd like to think maybe it was John himself who dropped that Buddha.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just
2: dropped it. And again, to me, that's a uh, like a video game bit. It's like only the Buddha dropping on uh, Lightning will stop him. Hmm. So you have to have the that particular Buddha. But uh, yeah, great exit for Lightning. Mm-hmm. I've never noticed before two things. It looks like when the Buddha hits him, you do see like a head sort of getting compacted. Ooh. A uh, split second. And then, you know, you he falls out of frame down the hole just before that explosion. Uh, I think Maybe. you hear a little scream. And yeah. uh, it just makes me wonder once again were the storms actually humans who were endowed with uh, these demonic powers? And mm-hmm. this is this is lightning in his last moment, screaming out his his humanity, and oh, it sucks! I made a bad decision.
0: <laughs> yeah, were the storms just Wing Kong employees? One of which became manager of the month, and then was rewarded by becoming a storm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that
2: kind of works for me. I could see Lo Pan summoning down these uh, these demons, these supernatural characters, but. I kind of like, I kind of prefer the thought that they're, they're executives. They want to move up the ladder mm-hmm. and low says, okay, this is where you have to go. <laughs> if you want the key to the executive washroom, uh, <laughs> you have to lose part of your humanity and become a storm, but you get these really cool hats. Oh, you get super cool hats <laughs> and you get storm powers.
0: <laughs> so. Oh, you, you know what, speaking of the hats, uh, Rob, a uh, question for you, uh, the artwork, that is in the Big Trouble board game is, is awesome. I mean, it's all, it looks like it's all original stuff. Uh, Who did you end up working with on that? You know, I, Upper Deck, there are games
1: that, um, where I get to like handle the art and there are other games with other companies where I don't. And this is a game where Upper Deck handles all the art themselves. I can't remember the name of the art director right this second. I'd have to look at the credits, Um, but I believe the artists are either some of them, working upper deck, but others were probably contractors. I think if you look at some of the art, it doesn't look precisely like some of the characters. And I think that's because the rights to like Big Trouble in Little China don't necessarily I'm this is a guess, okay. I'm not hmm. positive. My guess is that they don't fully have the rights to use the exact images of like Kurt Russell.
0: Ah.
1: Or Kim Cattrall, which is why the, like, Jack and Gracie characters look something like Kurt ah. Russell, but not precisely. Huh. Um, because if you look at a lot of the other art, it's like, oh, yeah, that's them. You know, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Right? When they when they want to nail the exact look of a character, they can. Um, and, and so I'm pretty sure, based on other things I've dealt with in gaming, that that's what happened with some of the characters. Yeah, so Upper Deck did it. Yep. And uh, the Battle Armor, you're right, the Battle Armor um, characters is really cool art. They they lived they lived up to the, the special effects on those guys.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but uh, moving along in the minutes, uh, we are now back at the Wing Kong Exchange, and we get to see this old school alarm bell ringing. Right. It yeah, was. Uh, uh, yeah. Sort of an interesting little shot. Yeah. Well, wasn't
1: that the one they fixed earlier? We're here to fix your
2: system,
0: telephone systems, and your alarms. Okay. <laughs> Very large telephone
2: <laughs> bell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But uh, what, what we're seeing here is a classic action movie trope. Yes. Uh, the the installation is under siege. It seems like it's about to blow up. Everyone's running around. Alarms are going off. I mean, from Dr. No to like space balls, you know, it's like emergency, <laughs> escape, <laughs> run around. <laughs> Again, yeah. we don't actually see the place blow up, but everyone's running around like, yeah, this place is going to blow in any second. We got to
0: get out of here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we get this, uh, another one of those fun continuous steady cam shots that follow the heroes yeah. around as they run to escape. It's a really good effect, uh, you know, puts the audience sort of in the same, uh, you know, the same level as the, as the heroes. Uh, my yeah. question at this point, though, is if you see who's running, uh, they're missing the Chang-Sing. What happened to the Chang-Sing? They oh, were yeah, winning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> of course they survived.
0: Yeah, they, they must have gotten out through the roof somehow.
2: Yeah, or maybe uh, – here, I'll, I'll play uh, screenwriter. Uh, there were some Wing Kong uh, fanatics left, and so Chang uh, Sing number one said, we'll take on these guys. You go get Jack and Wang. Help them out, Egg. Mm-hmm. We got this. So right. they're
0: they're elsewhere kicking some uh, truck air horn. Well, I think that there probably wasn't enough room in the back of the Chop Express, and so – it would have been uh, awkward if, if all the chang Sing were there with them and then you know they they yeah. don't know where to sit <laughs> so how many
1: times watched the movie did it take to realize that chang Sing weren't there
0: yeah i it was only when I reviewed it this morning, actually, that I realized. Wait a minute.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the the movie sleight of hand. You know, it's like the story. The story did not require them. They were they were they were sacrificed to the story. Yeah. And it all, right. it all happened so fast. We don't even know it. Mm-hmm. It's just that wonderful. Yeah. That wonderful <laughs> storytelling style.
2: The other alternate ending could be that they run into the female Wing Kong guards. Mm. There's this moment of tension, and then they all look at each other and say, "Let's go party." so and they just walk off hand in hand yeah like hey
1: you know what
2: it's why fight let's all go to the, the dragon of the black pool and hang out <laughs> that would and, be a, uh, the classic comedic ending yeah
1: <laughs> so, it, it has to happen seconds after um the last eddie and Margot, though so
2: mm. yeah yep. so it's it's yeah so it's leah chang and her friends and james Liu and his friends and they say hey let's you know low pants dead there's no need for us to fight anymore let's go to a dance club let's hang out we lost a lot of warriors earlier
1: in this film at a funeral we need some replacements yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay
0: and uh then they they open the door and then jack casually says there's my truck my
1: truck did you expect jack the truck. to open the door? i sort of expected him to put his foot on it and kick and kick and kick and for it to not open so hmm. i was relieved when it opened on the first yeah. try
0: yeah we're at the point in the movie now where uh, you know jack he, he drank the magic potion he you know, he's done the heroic deed. I, I think his bumbling can sort of be yeah. put aside for now. So, you know, he he does it the first time. I think we're yeah. we're kind of accepting of that at this point.
2: My my question there is that the same giant sliding door where my favorite gag took place about 20 minutes earlier, you know, we may be trapped. Oh. <laughs> oh because I, it, it led yeah. me to wonder, you know, he sort of looks around like he's expecting to see Al Leong again. Hmm. But then you know, if that's the same door and they went through it to escape before, then where was the Porkchop Express that time? So, yeah. Eh.
0: I, yeah just, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, just a minor point. You know, maybe he's just leaving the hell of many sliding doors. I don't know. <laughs> but the main thing is, yes, we have a beautiful reunion with the Millennium.
0: But I mean the Porkchop Express. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, very convenient that it happens to be there. But it, it ties things up nicely. Yeah. And uh, it gives them a means of escape because then the Wing Kong security guards, uh, they appear and they start to open up on Jack where he he runs away with his superhuman speed, avoiding the bullets. And uh, yeah. here's a spot where they talk about this on the on the DVD or the Blu-ray commentary. Uh, if you watch as, as Kurt Russell runs past this kind of uh, panel on the wall and a squib goes off, a little explosion, and very mm-hmm. close to him. And uh, apparently this was shot off too early, uh, and it, it came very close to, to really harming Kurt Russell when it was done. But uh, oh, wow. thankfully, okay. he he was okay, and uh, it's an impressive-looking shot. But I think if you look sort of frame by frame, you can see that Kurt Russell's kind of wincing as he goes past because that's that probably was pretty hot, might have even hurt a little bit. I'm glad Kurt was all right, but yeah, I, I'd be scared. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great on film, but at the time, um, maybe he had a talk with somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be. Yeah. And again, we see it's the, uh, you know, the guards are shooting like stormtroopers.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's probably the same Wing Con guards, too. They just have different different costumes on. Yeah, yeah. It's the same guys who couldn't hit uh, Egg's bus earlier. Right. They're just lousy shot. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then Egg throws his magic grenade at the security guard. Now, Rob, what, what did you end up calling these grenades in your, in your uh, game? I, I called them boom gems. Nice. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, play a, they play a good role in the card game and they, they play a good role here. <laughs> uh, here is, I, I think, my first instance of noticing uh, the magic world interacting with the real world. I mean, we, we sort of get that at the very beginning of the movie when, you know, Egg does his, his lightning in the lawyer's office. But, but here's one where, yeah, the magic stuff that he was using in that whole arcade sequence, you know, he's, he's doing it against the security guards in the real world. And it works. They go flying. Kind of interesting, yep. <laughs> and how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do go flying. Uh, Jack finds his spare key, starts up the truck, and then we get a line here. Uh, you know, and it's sort of a famous line. You know, he like, says, you know, "Gracie, asks, what was that?" And then Jack says, "Oh, six point nine on the Richter scale." And but I mean, if you think about it, you look and there, you know, it's like, why? Why is he saying that line? Well, it, it turns out that in the screenplay, an earthquake happens here. The guards actually don't show up until they uh, the heroes get in the truck. Egg doesn't throw a grenade. They're shooting at the Chop Express, but then as soon as Jack starts it up, the whole camera mm-hmm. shakes and the building shakes, and then the security guards oh. get tossed all around. You know they're hanging onto the walls, and that's why he says it's 6.9 on the Richter scale. It actually did start an earthquake. Okay. Oh.
2: And, okay. Really, uh, oh. and like, again, wow. that's you know that's an allusion to we were going to have a much bigger finish. Where we would mm-hmm. might see the building you know blowing up in a big green ball of flame or something, but uh... so
1: this is the the tank girl problem. Tank girl ran out of money, and its big finale happened as a dark, completely b- black scene with people talking. Oh, was wow. still climactic battle, so no, uh, clearly big trouble was in far, far better yeah. shape. but yeah, <laughs> thank you for telling that i thought I mean I thought it was kind of like a um, a low impact engine turn on for 6.9 on the richter scale but i was willing to i was willing to give jack credit just because of his love for his truck
2: yeah yeah exactly i just (laughs) thought it was his way of saying you hear that gracie hear all that (laughs) that in the hood (laughs) that's 6.9 on the richter scale that just seems like such a jack line Mm -hmm. i also wondered if that was uh maybe a little uh hello to the screenwriter
0: Oh right the Richter's has you know. gone <laughs> that's funny
2: that could yeah. have been Kurt Russell's way of saying hey thanks for writing great lines for me man right <laughs> yeah.
0: well they uh and then it it looks like uh from the shot that jack is you know he's he's gunning it forward but no he actually peels out in reverse breaking through the metal garage door I like his yeah. his little apology there yeah yeah <laughs> definitely
2: seems like you know. the
1: right direction to go actually
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, uh, then the cops and the fire trucks appear. I when I first saw this, I used to think there was gonna be some sort of big final car chase between the cops and, and uh Jack Burton. But no, they just they just turn right, everything's good until he hits yeah. the red light, and then everybody gets to take a deep breath and it's over. And we finally <laughs> yeah, I, know, I
1: actually loved the interplay of characters at the end because everything's over, but Gracie you know, Gracie is giving Jack advice and she's right. Every freaking time <laughs> she's, she's telling him how to, you know, start the car. She's telling him, you know, a oh, green light, green light, you know, and she's right yeah. again. And it's like, uh, you just get this little preview of,
0: Oh, this is what the relationship would be like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, you know, the whole fact that, uh, yeah, she she she's she's in charge and Jack is barely, barely coping again. Was mm. pretty, very funny, very hilariously done.
2: <laughs> he seen. Yeah, he seems to be decompressing here because this, mm-hmm. this is minute 230 to 250 here. It's an interesting sequence because we are back outside in daylight. In daylight. First. That was yeah. weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's jarring, I think. The last time we're outside in a real world setting is minute 15 or maybe minute 20. So we've had about over an hour of dark passageways and hells Mm -hmm. and um, giant arcades and what have you. So suddenly it's sunny out, police cars and fire trucks. And uh, yeah, suddenly, yeah, Gracie yells red light and, you know, Jack hits the brakes and boom, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> the adventure is over <laughs> we're out we're done it was it's it's kind of a an amazing anti-climax mm-hmm. and in a way it's kind of cool because you know there is no cliched huge fireball yeah. uh it's just pink oh you know and i think that's that's one reason why jack's kind of sitting there he's he's like the rest of us. oh it's it's over <laughs> we we made it we got out and yeah um You know, Wang and Miao Yin's kiss, Mm -hmm. it's strangely underplayed. You almost don't see it at first. You you see Gracie looking at them before you see them kissing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everyone's just kind of, I think it's kind of cool that everyone's just kind of sitting there. They don't know what to say or do next. Hmm. You know, like, yeah. And then, you know, Gracie says, okay, green light. You can go now. Yeah. (laughs) We can re-enter the real world. (laughs) I, I guess
1: that's what happens when you, um, you survive a suicide mission.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Against storms and ghosts.
0: And <laughs> now, I have to mention here uh, that there there is a pretty famous deleted scene at this point. And if you have the oh, DVD really? or the Blu-ray, you can actually see this scene. Uh, it happens right after he says, a, you know, it's a green light. You can go. Uh, but then at this point, Jack sees the red firebird belonging to the Lords of Death in front of him. And there's a shot where you can see the Lords of Death. They're inside, you know, they've got the, oh. they've got the goggles on, they're drinking beer, they're listening to the radio, and they kind of pull up to uh to like an area of the wharf in near San Francisco Bay. They don't notice Jack. And Jack, you know, he 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 guns his Porchop Express. He knows what he's gotta do. And and what does he do? He he totally rear-ends the Firebird, and he sends it plunging into San Francisco Bay. Oh my god. Yes. And then it sinks, and Jack says, I feel a lot better now. I really do. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and, and the weird thing is, it's like, if you look at the characters that are there in the truck with him, yeah. they're not horrified. They're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. This has had to be done. But it's oh. a very creepy act of vindication, and I can see why they didn't want to keep that in the film it's just it it adds a kind of a a mean side to jack and uh and that's probably why they cut it
2: oh i don't know i'll I'll side with our heroes that Uh, you know those three guys What what are they one ear and skinny joe and needles had great names (laughs) needles uh and yeah one ear you know they were creeps they beat up jack at the airport and they they tried to run him over and you know they started this whole mess Hmm. you know if you think about way back to like minute 20 when they kidnap Meow Yin. It, you know, they aren't sent there by Lopan. They aren't part of some nefarious scheme. They're just a couple of punks trying to make a quick score and kidnap a, a poor innocent woman and, and bring her into slavery. So of course, Gracie's probably gonna be into that. It's like,
0: yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I hope they mm. couldn't get out of the car. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they, they did recognize them from before. So
1: okay. Yes. So yes. so so Brett, I the 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 more the more you enthuse over that, the, the more I side with your co-host.
2: They deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gracie
1: would be into it too. I'm like ah. Oh.
2: Yeah, maybe I could.
1: Maybe it. not.
2: But oh. see, now I'm. Now I'm really going off the edge, and you know maybe Gracie actually pushes down on the accelerator. Yeah, <laughs> they deserved it, Jack.
0: Actually, it would have been oh more God. appropriate if Miao Yin had done that. I mean, she's the one who yeah. had to go through all this. Yeah, True. she pushes the accelerator down.
1: You know, uh, I think I understand why John Carpenter or, or the screenwriter would have wanted to have the lords some closure with the Lords of Death, because really, they just you know they never get messed with, hmm. um, and I. I I I'm glad they didn't include that scene. Um, hmm. but I, I certainly do, you know, this is another time where if you were doing a remake, I bet you would try to find some closure with them mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but I doubt it would be by killing them <laughs> with your
2: truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh in a, yeah. In a modern version, I think you're right, Rob, they would, Somehow conveniently have uh, the Lords of Death in the final battle. So mm. you'd see, there would, you'd get your closure there. It wouldn't be really necessary. But yeah, you know, really, I, ultimately I, I agree with you guys. They're punks. Somebody else will take them out. Or they'll just crash that car themselves. Yeah. So we don't need it. We, what we end up with is this great transition from them sitting in the truck, somewhat bewildered.
0: Uh, to a celebration scene. Yes, back at the Dragon of the Black Pool. Eddie's got a brand new slick uh, plaid jacket to replace the ripped one from before. And everybody is celebrating with beer, wine, and Chinese food. What a great way to end, yeah. the, <laughs> end the film. Notice Margot's got a cigarette and a beer. Very sort of 80s oh, woman. Oh, that. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we see Miao Yin wearing her Western dress.
2: Yeah, she's she has... Arrived in America finally mm-hmm. after an hour and a half detour,
0: mm-hmm.
2: risking life and limb. I got to say, the first time I saw this, there was such a change and everyone was so relieved, and there's a celebration. When I first saw this, I was expecting, you know, okay, this is the fault sending. You know, somebody's going to bring a cake in and then Loke Pan's <laughs> going to pop out of it. You thought <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> there was going to be cake. one last twist, one last surprise, or, or maybe, I don't know. The Yaren shows up. Oh, that'd be weird. Wait, we yeah. gotta we gotta save it. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I know it's. I know we still have episode twenty, but uh, yeah, there was a. I did get a sense, and you can kind of still see it, you know, where this is one of those classic false ends. Oh, we're alive. We made it. There's mm-hmm. no possible danger. We have our guard down. Mm-hmm. Let's leave our weapons over there. <laughs>
0: Well, everybody is certainly relaxing. Uh, you know, Jack is wearing his poncho again. And uh, and then we see a little side shot of Egg smoking from that pipe. You know, he's he's finishing yeah. everything off. Uh, and then Egg, uh, you know, he, he takes off. The, the whole restaurant gets silent as, as Jack talks to him. Uh, my question here is, if Egg is not going to go to China, where do you think he's going to go on his long vacation? You know what's funny about that? There was
2: a long space of time I hadn't seen this movie. And so when I watched it again a couple years back for the first time in many years, I think I had, I think it was because of his shirt. I Mm. thought there was going to be a joke there about egg going to Hawaii. (laughs) You know, he has the whole speech about China is always with me. It's in my heart. Mm -hmm. So I'm off to Maui. (laughs) Maybe also because of the comedic tone of the movie, I wanted there to be a joke and you know this is Jack saying goodbye to Egg, and it's yeah. it's a pretty sincere moment. Mm-hmm. Neither of them say you know thank you or great working with you or I'll always remember you. But you know there's this is this is a nice quiet moment between these two guys. Yeah, and uh, there's no need for a joke. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know Egg can wear whatever shirt he wants to. <laughs> but uh, did, I did you say war-
1: the prologue got added later? Yes, yes. studio added it. Okay, all right. Cause, cause that, you know, I was like, Oh no, no vacation for him. He got grabbed by the, the authorities. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that wasn't the original plot by yeah.
2: that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know what, I, you know what I did? I was curious about that because you see egg disappear into a, a fog bank, you know, very mysterious great exit for egg. Yes. I'd like to think he created that fog bank, <laughs> but, uh, I did go back and look at the prologue because here in this scene we see egg wearing, yeah, an aloha shirt with a great, a crazy checkered sport coat, mm-hmm. and then you go back to the prologue. He's wearing some kind of a dark suit. Okay. So let's just say he got his vacation and, and came he back. Came back, mm-hmm. and then he had a subpoena. Ah. Kind of a bummer, but at least
0: Egg deserves a vacation. Yes, yes, he does. But uh, basically, everything wraps up. A lot of closure. We've got Margot flirting with Eddie. Uh, we have uh, Meow Yin with Wang. Notice that. Uh, that They have a binder open. Already Miao Yin's looking into his accounting books to put it in order. And that was the whole reason why, why Wang brought her to America. And uh, and Wang, he's a nice guy. He gives nothing or triple. Uh, but I like Jack's response to you earned it. Instead of just saying thanks, he's like, you're right, I did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah typical yeah. Jack. Again, I think that's Carpenter uh, playing with an old cliche. Hmm.
0: T'worn nothing. <laughs>
2: he doesn't take a reward. He's like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> and no. I think... He, when he says that line, it's very sincere. There's none of his bravado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh, then we get the the very last uh, section of these five minutes where Jack offers to give up the trucker life and settle down with Gracie if his lines are to be believed. Uh, do you think this was sarcastic?
2: No. There's a uh, this final uh, conversation, dialogue between Jack and Gracie again it's another kind of Howard Hawks moment and mm-hmm. they're kind of laying it on the table they definitely like each other mm-hmm. you know he's he's toying with the idea of giving up his life she's toying the idea of giving up her life mm-hmm. as a lawyer and um crusader and and going on the road with him but mm-hmm. even though he's the first to say it you'd probably get tired of me which again is kind of a it's maybe jacket is most sincere mm-hmm. you never hear James Bond say that <laughs> We just uh, say, "Let me
0: think about it," though. It kind of leaves is, the door open, at least. Yeah,
2: there's a door, leaves the door open. So <laughs> you know, and Gracie has a, she does have a hopeful look. Mm-hmm. But you know, once again, this is the, it's a cliche. I just, you know, he's, he's got his saddlebags over his shoulder, mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. allusion to the original western script. But right. you know, he's leaving. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. And I was just thinking,
0: well, what do you got to do? Are you gonna go herd cattle? You're gonna go well, start a chicken ranch. I mean, <laughs> well, what he's got to do in most movies is kiss her goodbye. Yeah, this is Big Trouble in Little China. This is not your average movie, and so no, does he kiss her goodbye? Nope. Nope. <laughs> but I think that's
2: uh, I think that's symbolic too, because I don't think they've had time to even sort of consummate their relationship. Hmm. I think you know, I think they're leaving it way open for the future i mean i we can assume that there will be another truckload of pigs uh sometime in the next few months <laughs> uh and so there's that hopeful look by gracie that oh he'll be coming back with pigs but <laughs> uh you know i think jack's line of, of no is he's back to where he was in the beginning yes bet with the, with the beer bottle mm-hmm. he is back in his world so there's that quiet self-confidence that jack had yeah so he's going back to his world where he's most comfortable and he's kind of got that old swagger he's got the hat again and another thing i like is you know gracie's last line what is it see you around burton Mm -hmm. that reminds me of karen allen in nepal and raiders of the lost ark right
0: yeah Uh, Yeah. see you tomorrow tomorrow. right see you tomorrow indiana jones see you tomorrow jack burton (laughs) yeah
2: so I think it, I think it leaves the door open to the sequel, which will come out hopefully in
0: 1988. <laughs> yeah. yeah of all things,
1: well. Margot ended up with the boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, Margot wins. And I was kind of, <laughs> of
1: amused by the fact that when they in the film, when Margo is basically like, okay, want to come back to my place and help me with a the title, they don't they don't linger on giving Eddie a reaction. <laughs> well, most of the time like you know, you're filming something, You're like, okay, now now you react, you know, but they didn't do that. Like he's (laughs) they didn't they didn't give him the chance. So I I was amused. Like, do they not trust his acting or do they just not care? (laughs) They're just going (laughs) to the offer is made. We know what's happening. We'll leave it there.
2: That's interesting. It gave me the impression, you know, Eddie, who kind of swaggers through this and he's a cool guy. He's got a Cadillac that when Margot invites him over and she's a little bit flirtatious, uh, she gives him a little wink there or not a wink, but you know, she has some, her eyes are sparkling. Oh yeah. You know, that's that quick cut is also in a way, Eddie going, Oh, shucks.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I think Eddie's bluff is being called in a way. It's like, Oh yeah. Yep. One of the things in the game was that they really wanted me to have Margot as a character, which at first I had trouble with because it's kind of an action game. And I was like, but they—they really—they said no, no, you got to do it, do it. So I, I really worked at it to do it, and uh, I think this is another one of those times where if there's a remake, you know, either Margot gets real parts or or, uh, or 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 leave her out, mm. you know. So, uh, but that the fact that they did give her a good line right at the end yeah. uh, was really nice for the for the standard comedy where uh-huh. everybody hooks up at the end in the end of comedies. And as as you say, but uh in, in this one, uh, not Jack and Gracie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Shock. <laughs> a, bit a, a bit of a tease to the audience. Possibly yeah. another reason why audiences didn't know what to expect or you know didn't know how to react. Because you know, again, the, the hero leaving at the end is a an old bit, especially in westerns. But you know, they, they leave that hope a little more. Evident, like I'll be back come the spring or something like that. Yeah, right. So, like, see ya. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, at this one
1: it would be like the, the the old Western version would be like, I'll be back in the spring, and maybe at that point you'll kill all the cattle, sell the ranch, <laughs> <laughs> buy another horse, and we'll we'll go somewhere. It's like, whoa.
2: I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's wide open and it's a little ambiguous, and I. Like I said, this time watching it, I realized, you know, I think Jack and Gracie is the, the closest they ever got was uh, rubbing against each other in the storm drain.
1: Hmm.
2: So I don't think they've had time to go nope. any further. And, you know, nope. Gracie's looking really great there. And I think she's kind of ready. She, I think she's kind of wants to play the same card Margot is. Hmm. Yep. Uh, you want to come to my place and look at my law books. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then Jack is just, well, gotta go. You're just going to get sick of me anyway.
0: Well, uh, gentlemen, that uh, that wraps up our five minutes. Uh, yep. Rob, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know how people can find you and some of the stuff that you're working on?
1: Sure, thanks. Um, you can find me at robhainso.blogspot.com where I blog sometimes, um, and uh, also at robhainso on Twitter. And uh, I spend most of my time these days working on a role-playing game I designed with Jonathan Tweet called 13th Age, which is sort of our take on the classic D20 fantasy role-playing game with a whole lots of indie storytelling stuff, too. And um, I've got a bunch of new card games and things coming out next year, but they haven't actually been announced. So I will be quiet about it for a moment. Uh, yeah, so I guess the next big thing will be a, a, a role-playing game called 13th Age in Galantha. And, um, yep, so there'll be some new card games later.
0: Cool. Oh, awesome. It all
2: sounds super
0: cool. Yeah, no, neat stuff. Uh, for our audience, uh, you can uh, visit us at 5 minutesoftroublecom Please check us out on Facebook at 5 Minutes of Trouble and Twitter at 5 Minutes Trouble. We also have our Truck Stop on Facebook uh, for discussions about the podcast. And uh, we're on Stitcher. We ask if you guys can please tell your friends about this podcast. Give us a nice rating on iTunes if you can. Yeah. And subscribe, though we only really have uh, one, perhaps one more episode here. So uh, so we're kind of kind of wrapping things up here. Uh, but I do want to give a shout-out to some of the other Minute podcasts out there. Uh, you know, Of course, Star Wars Minute is in full effect right now. Uh, Indiana Jones Minute will be, if they haven't started up already with Temple of Dune, they probably will soon. I uh, also want to give a shout out to The Fifth Element, another one of the new Movies yeah. by Minutes. Uh, uh, Crystal Beth. Yeah, I think with Crystal Beth. So please check that out. Uh, uh, Airport Minute. Let's
2: shout out to yes, Jim O'Kane, Jim Mark.
0: Jim's Airport Minute, of course. Yes. Uh, so many good ones out there.
2: Go to com because there's one being added, I think, every week. And uh, we know of a few others. 2017 is going to be a big year
0: for oh, Movies yeah. by minutes, oh, Definitely. So. Well, uh, Rob, wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you know, it was it was yeah, great having you and Rob. you know hearing all these cool insights about the board game. And uh, I hope you. Had that a was time. really
1: fun, and I'm so psyched that I got to come in um, at a really climactic time that covered the range of Hong Kong movies.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, very good. Well, uh, everybody else, this is the Podcast Express signing off. Tune in next week for another five minutes of trouble. <laughs>